Hi, everybody. Thank you for welcoming us into your homes. We're continuing on our series, Made for Mondays, Work and the Glory of God. And today I want to talk about work and Sabbath. The fourth commandment that we should observe the Sabbath and keep it holy is both unique and counterintuitive. It's unique in that it is the only religion in the world that uh, tells its uh, followers that we should rest from work, that we should take a day and set it apart as being separate, holy, different, distinctive from the other days. And it's counterintuitive in that from all we've been learning about work, it seems as if, if a little is good, a lot should be better. For example, work is God's good idea. It's part of how we bring glory to God and how we express his image as image bearers. And uh, in spite of that, the fourth commandment tells us that every six days we are to stop, we're to rest. Well, why? Why does the Lord require us or ask of us to observe a Sabbath? We're going to look at two texts, one from Exodus chapter 20 and one from Deuteronomy chapter 5. We say basically the same thing in that there's a slight uh, and important difference. Let's look at the Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11 passage, which is from the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor your foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. And then the Deuteronomy 5 text, verses 12 and then verse 15. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Let's pray. So, Father, again, we humble ourselves before your word, and we want to listen to what you say about Sabbath, to understand why we are to observe this day of rest, this day of ceasing from our work, from our labor. Pray, Lord, that you would speak it into our hearts, your word, so that we would come to understand and know and then obey you. In your name we pray. Amen. So actually, we're given two reasons to observe the Sabbath, slightly different reasons, but complementary reasons in the Deuteronomy text and in the Exodus text. In Exodus 20, we are to observe the Sabbath because God rested on the seventh day of creation. But in the Deuteronomy 5 passage, it's not because God rested that we are to rest, but it's because they were freed from slavery. They're emancipated from being slaves in Egypt. And we are to celebrate that fact by observing the Sabbath. Uh, why do we need a day of rest? Well, the text is telling us that the first reason from Exodus 20 is that it's following the Lord's pattern at creation. He rested. The actual word here is very similar to our word seized, which the Hebrew word Sabbath comes from. He seized his creative work. And as his image bearers, we are to imitate him. He took time to enjoy his creative work. He paused. And remember, throughout all the days of creation, 
uh, the Lord keeps kept saying, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's very good. And so on the seventh day, he pauses, he, he rests, and he enjoys the works of his hand, his creative work. We too are to pause after six days and honor the Lord by enjoying our work. And so the first reason that we're to uh, observe the Sabbath is because we're image bearers. The, the Sabbath is a reminder. It's a reminder of, of the fact that we have been made like God. We have been made in his image. I think that this is perhaps the most important idea in all of history. It defines who we are as human beings. In other words, our behavior does not determine our identity, but our identity is determined by who God says we are. I, I think there are two basic questions about anything, any reality in the world around us. And the first basic question is, what is it? And the second basic question is, what does it do? Well, the image of God answers the first question about humanity, who we are, what are we? We are made in the image of God. The second question, what does it do, comes after the first question is answered. You don't know what you're to do until after you discover who you are. And, and this, is, this is primary. This is really, really important to understand. You see, the world, or Satan, asks and answers the second question first. For example, when we go back to the story of Eve and Adam eating the forbidden fruit. Uh, the serpent does not ask the identity of the fruit, but he talks about the function of the fruit. He says that, in fact, this fruit will make them like God. It will make them know the difference between good and evil. And so he interprets the fruit by the, it's, it's, it's the way it might serve them rather than its identity. If he had started with its identity, what is this fruit? And, and, and God defined this fruit as being uh, a death penalty, that if they ate it, they would surely die, that it was forbidden. If he defined it that way, I don't think they would have been so easily fooled. But rather when he talks about it as uh, it's what it can do for them, then they are tricked into re-identifying it as something good, something palatable, something that will bring them joy and something that uh, they were wanting and were tempted into wanting. So we know that uh, identity is not determined by function. We must first identify something by the reality of what it is, the truth behind what it is, and then come to understand how it might be used. Now, um, a fellow by the name of John Stone Street from the uh, Colson Center explains it this way. Say you had never, ever seen a MacBook Pro before, and someone gave you one, and you looked at it, and you had no idea what it was for. It was uh, about this big, and it was thin, and it was flat, and maybe you thought that it would perhaps be good for skipping over the water because it was like a big flat stone. And so you took it to the edge of, the, of a lake, and you you threw it across the water, and sure enough, it skipped really well. And so you come to the conclusion, because of its, its function, or your understanding of its function, that in fact a MacBook Pro was uh, a great stipping, skipping book. It was just great to use for that. Well, 
You see, that's moving backwards from the second question to the first question. It's moving from discovering what something can do and then determining its identity. But what a tragedy that would be. <laughs> a MacBook used as a skipping stone is, is not at all in line with its identity. First of all, we have to know the identity of something before we discover what it can do. I think that this is the most important idea of our generation. What does it mean to be human? Sabbath says that we are connected to God and we find our identity in God our Father. And then out of that comes our understanding of how we are to behave, how we are to live. Well, the second reason to observe the Sabbath is found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. It says this, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. In other words, Sabbath is a celebration of redemption, freedom from slavery. It's a declaration of freedom. We are no longer a slave. No longer a slave to what? Well, to work. Uh, this is not merely exchanging brick making, which they were doing while they were in Egypt, with, well, the work of our time might be screen time or classroom teaching or a construction project. This is not merely saying, God's saying to us, you don't have to make bricks anymore, but now you can be involved in sitting in front of a computer all day. No, this is a whole new way of understanding or viewing work. Sabbath is an act of trust in God's provision. It's freedom from the tyranny of keeping all the plates in the air. Do you ever feel that way at work sometimes, that you're, you're like the, uh, the, uh, the act at the circus where you've got plates spinning on poles and you get the plate spinning and then you put another plate on and you get all the plates and you have to keep running around to keep the, the plate spinning. Sometimes work is like that. We feel as if we're keeping all the, the plates spinning in the air. And if we ever stopped, the plates would all fall to the ground and there would be a great disaster. Well, this, this idea of Sabbath is that it frees us from the tyranny of keeping the plates in the air. We can stop and say, no, I can stop spinning. I can stop work. I can trust God to look after what I have been doing. And I can pause. I can rest. I can reflect and, and step away from the tyranny of, of work. Freedom from finding as well the meaning and significance of work. Uh, there's something I, I sometimes refer to as the work behind work. I think sometimes we work not only because we have a job to do or because we are, have an occupation, but we work in order to calm our fear that we are not enough or that we are merely imposters. Do you ever have that feeling sometimes that, that maybe you're an imposter if people knew who you really were? Uh, they wouldn't like you, they wouldn't love you, they wouldn't appreciate you or value you. I, I think sometimes people work in order to free themselves from, from a feeling of inadequacy that somehow by what they do gives them a sense of purpose and meaning, that they're not enough unless they do that job. And I, I think there's a tyranny to that and there's a slavery to that in, in, in some of us. And, and I think we all feel it creeping in from time to time. But this idea of Sabbath that comes from the book of Deuteronomy tells us that God knows who we are he loves us even when we mess up at work, even when we're inadequate, even when we can't accomplish tasks. He loves us in spite of all that. And Sabbath is a reminder that we're not a slave to work or all of the things that we think that work can do for us.
You see, something that, that I've come to understand is that Satan weaponizes ideas. And lying is his native language in John chapter 8, who tells us that. You see, Satan doesn't use bullets or cruise missiles to fight against God's purposes and God's plans and God's best in our lives. He uses ideas. He uses ideas like what it means to be human. We can merely discover who we are. And and, and this is told to adolescents all the time. You, You need to go out and discover who you are. Hold it. They are who they are because of their identity, because they have been created in the image of God. Or uh, young adults are told all the time, or perhaps young adults say all the time, that in order to be free, I have to cast off all restraint. I have to get rid of all the rules. If I just get rid of the rules, I'd truly be free. Well, that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that within boundaries we're free, that God sets up for us boundaries in which we are best to operate, in that we are most free when we work within the boundaries. You see, Satan weaponizes these ideas and spreads them in our culture, and people believe them. And because of that, they become slaves, and they become confused about who they are. You see, most people won't even know that there's a battle raging. I remember in 1991, uh, watching the Desert Storm, the Gulf War. And and what amazed me is uh, CNN's pictures, uh, videos of what was happening at night. At night, you would see the tracers fly up into the sky, and you see the cruise missiles, and you see the Scud missiles, and, and the whole night sky would be lit up like fireworks. I mean, everybody in that whole area knew there was a war going on because it, was, it just lit up the night sky. It was, it was phenomenal. You see, Satan's war against humanity is not like that at all. Ideas don't make big crashes and bangs and don't light up the sky. They're ideas that sneak into people's minds and destroy people's lives. Well, we know that our identity is found in Christ. We know that because of who Jesus is and because of who God created us to be, we are free from the tyranny, the slavery that somehow sometimes is associated with our workplaces or our attitudes towards work. We know that we are secure in Christ. We are secure in Him. When we remember the Sabbath, we are celebrating our emancipation from slavery. We are celebrating the fact that we have been created in the image of God, and that is our identity. So Sabbath reminds us we're created in His image. We can rest and celebrate work. We can enjoy our work. And we have been redeemed from slavery. We are free to trust in His provision. We are not on trial for our work, our productivity, Jesus loves us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us so dearly and that you've given us Sabbath to remind us, to remind us, first of all, that our identity is found in you. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to discover our identity. We don't have to search for our identity. We don't have to go out and experiment with all kinds of things to find out who we are. We know who we are. We're the beloved of God. We've been made in your image. You love us in spite of what we might do, in spite of what we might say, in spite of our backgrounds. You love us. And thank you, Lord, that you'd freed us from the tyranny of work getting out of place in our lives. 
the slavery of, of trying to work in order to find our self-esteem, the slavery of trying to work in, in order to make sure that we're providing for our families. We can trust you with all these things. We can stop our labor. We can seize from it because we know that you look after all things. You look after our lives and we can trust you with us. We thank you, Lord. We pray, Father, for those who are struggling now, even as I'm praying with, with thoughts about work and struggles at work and, and, and just the, the tyranny that, that sometimes creeps into our minds and our hearts about our, our occupations and our futures and all the rest. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace and that they too would celebrate Sabbath and remember who they are and what you have freed them from. In your name we pray for your honor and glory. Amen. Here's the question of the day. Can you pause on your Sabbath to remember who you are and what Jesus has done for you? Don't just make it a day of rest. Make it a day of reflection. Take a minute and think about that, and I'll come back with a concluding comment. This year is being called by some the Great Reshuffle. COVID protocols have caused people to work from home and reprioritize values. I understand that in August, 4.3 million people in the United States workforce resigned their jobs. That's 3% of the workforce in the United States in one month quit their jobs. I think it's all a product of, of people being away from work during COVID, uh, reevaluating what they wanted to do with their lives, perhaps spending more time with their families and wanting to work away from home and, and then wanting to find jobs that would be better fit for who they are, perhaps uh, better fit with their family, better fit for, well, financially for them as well. Uh, I think that, that in the midst of all this as well, uh, COVID has been an opportunity for people to pause, to reflect, to, to stop the tyranny of work and working too much. I think, I think we have been in a, a phase in, in our uh, Western lives, Western civilization life, that we have just been working and working and working without end. And I think this, this pause during COVID, this, this uh, restart during COVID, this resettling during COVID has, has caused some of us to reflect and some learn some things about ourselves and about who we want to be. And perhaps in that, we are learning a little bit about Sabbath rest and uh, how important it is, and not just to be caught up in work, so remember the importance of Sabbath. Remember to put a rhythm into your lives of six days of work, one day of rest. Reflect on your identity in Christ. Reflect on, on the fact that we're free from the tyranny of work. Our eulogy for this series, or a doxology for this series, is now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his powers that at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.